Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, Kathy, uh, welcome on Thursday. Today's guest day, and uh, we're really excited uh, to have our guest, uh, Mike Sherrill, who's the leader and CEO of uh, C12 uh, out of uh, San Antonio, Texas, uh, is where where you've uh, got your headquarters, and uh, it's such a beautiful ministry, and we're really excited to hear your story. So uh, welcome, Mike. I'm I'm particularly excited just to hear more of your story because I am a personal um, beneficiary of your ministry because my husband is involved in C12 up here in New England. And that has been just a huge blessing on our family, on our business. And we have seen God at work through that. And so I thank you for, for the time and effort that you put in for your yes to God's calling. First yeah, amen of all. to that. So, awesome uh, to hear. Yeah. I'm a beneficiary too. I'm a customer of my own business. <laughs> I, I, I need it as much as anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, you're not exempt, are you? Um, so nope. that, that's true nope. for all of us. Uh, well, Mike, as we start, um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background of how did you come to know Christ and walk, walk us through that. Sure. So I, I am uh, an unusual character and I grew up in Alaska. So there's not very many of us. There's like 12 of us. I'm one of the 12 that <laughs> made it out alive. Um, so I grew up in a, uh, a home where, where Christianity and faith was an important thing. And so church and, and good heritage was a, around me. But there was a, a distinct moment. I was living in Juneau, Alaska, the capital at the time. And there was a pastor, Mike Proctor, who did a, a message one night where it just suddenly clicked that it didn't matter how good I was going to be, that that I could never be good enough for God that actually I needed to clear spiritual bankruptcy. And that was actually the beginning and um, walked the aisle and said, I wanted to exchange my life for life in Christ. And the pastor, cool moment. He said, um, Hey, well, I was, I was a child. I was in elementary school. And he said, but kids, I'd like to go to your house and meet with you before we agree to make it official. So he came to my house that week and asked me to explain, what does this mean to you? What do you think you're mm. saying? And so I walked through the gospel as much as I could as an elementary kid and my dad leaned forward and went, well, I've never done what Mike just did. And oh, the pastor went, oh, wow. I got a, got a twofer. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we got baptized that Sunday together, which was really wow, cool. Wow, that's cool. Oh, uh, what a blessing. And the first spiritual kind of gift of the Holy Spirit for me that night was I remember getting baptized and sensing like a father's pleasure. Like I remember sensing, almost like that, like a dad was there being like, I'm proud of you for doing this. Yeah. And that night I stayed up to like 1am reading the Bible, the, the, the Bible story book of my parents became this living thing to me yeah. and for the next yeah. couple of years. I just started staying up most nights till 11 o'clock midnight, the flashlight, because <laughs> it was just like, I could actually hear the words of my father speaking through this book. It was just this um, so that was the beginning of a wild adventure with Jesus. Wow. What fantastic. a beautiful story. Yeah. Well, um, uh, we all want to know if you lived in Juneau, how much snow did you have to deal with? <laughs> <laughs> Juneau actually doesn't get much snow. Anchorage where we moved next, that okay. gets snow. Okay. Juneau's like Seattle, but I, I have seen snow. I have, uh, shoveled roofs off. I made a lot of money in middle school shoveling driveways for people. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, well acquainted with snow as yeah, you are. Yeah, we are too in Colorado and and New England, New Hampshire. Different. Yes, and New Hampshire. Uh, vastly different than San Antonio, though. <laughs> well, I grew up saying from a young age that they, I didn't know what I was going to be when I grew up, but I knew mm-hmm. two things for sure. I was never going to live in Texas, and I was never going to work for a church. <laughs> and I've I've done both those things now. So now my wife and I say I'll never live in Costa Rica. Yeah, and I'll yeah. never win the lottery. That's it. it in case God wants to break like a me. Great That's plan. That's right. Well, I can. Sh- God says I can show you. <laughs> yep. Careful what That's you say. Great. Right. That's right. That's great. So, um, uh, tell us about you know where you went to school and then how did you how did you meet your wife and uh, how did that come about with you and then tell us about your family a little bit. 
Yeah, I sure. see some pictures behind you that I'd love yep. to hear who the who the young artists are there. <laughs> well, and you guys would love, you should really have my daughters on the program and skip me because this is <laughs> during COVID last year. I'll, I'll get to my wife in a second. Um, my little girl started making me artwork to take to the office with wow. messages they felt I needed to remind myself of. And so this one was, uh, my seven-year-old gave me this and it says, if you have a question, ask God. And she starts saying, dad, I hear you at dinner talking about questions you have. I remember tomorrow, you can ask God and he'll give you the answer. <laughs> oh, I love it. She and can come this teach one, this. <laughs> this one was, oh, um, this one in here says God is good. Cause one night I was praying about something and she said, dad, when you were praying, you didn't sound like you believed God would actually do anything. Wow. <laughs> and so she made me a picture to take to work. Remember God is good. And the, so this is my, uh, sermons from my seven-year-old basically this is god teaching me through children great well, could um, you, what a uh, sweet gift actually uh why don't you just have her join us and then we can yeah uh, she could teach <laughs> she, we've been saying that for about a month now kathy exactly and, uh, right <laughs> so uh, hey she could teach it so that's pretty fantastic you could so i um yeah what grew up in alaska went to school in chicago at a christian college there called trinity yeah that's um, where i went to school we yeah we're, we're oh, fellow wow. alums yep. and i um it made no sense to go there. I had a bunch of other schools. I had scholarships too, and I didn't have scholarships there. And I was poor and made no sense. But as Jackie would say, they had a really great wife program. I, I got an amazing <laughs> wife and I had a great, I had a great college experience there too, but I met Jackie in a new Testament class and we started dating. We actually got married in the middle of college. So we did the whole full-time working, full-time commuting, married college student deal. Mm -hmm. She was like, Hey, I'm poor. You're poor. Let's be poor together and figure out life. And that was a, there was a lot of wisdom in that. So we got, got married in 2002 and we started life in Chicago. Mm -hmm. I started working for a big company there and she was working at the library uh, there at Trinity, the seminary. Yeah. So you, you guys may have crossed paths. She was there for seven years. Well, I was um, there in 1970. So <laughs> uh, maybe not. Never a, little, a little earlier. <laughs> but I was, but I was in that different. library. I was definitely That's in that right. library. <laughs> roll things a good spot so yeah that's where we got married and met and um began a fun journey together we both came from families of lots of uh good christian people who had divorces and, and heartaches in different ways mm -hmm. and that fueled a, a fear frankly for me i was scared to death to be married and mm. we really kind of came into marriage with a lot of um humility and let's go learn let's take classes let's go to conferences let's get counseling let's let's assume we don't know what we're doing and that God's ways are higher and we don't know what they are, but let's, let's chase them down. And so that was kind That's of the great. starting point for our marriage. That's neat. And when you lived in uh, Chicago, where'd you live? Uh, zigzagged a little bit up in the Waukegan Gurney area yep. and then down in Buffalo Grove. I would, I worked in Deerfield at the Walgreen headquarters. Oh yeah. That's a, uh, uh, Walgreens, um, uh, that headquarters in Walgreens there in Deerfield, uh, used to be the old headquarters for Baxter laboratories. It did, um, and of course they built across the street from you that huge that huge facility. But I worked when I got out of college, uh, MBA. I worked for Baxter, and I would go to that to that building. Really, uh, Walgreens. That's now the Walgreens building. I would go there for meetings and things. So I was a well. We spent a lot of time on Lake Cook Road. Yeah, I know that yeah. that area of <laughs> Chicago very 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 well. So. Um, so you got married, uh, how many, how, how long have you been married now and how many kids you got? And uh, married 19 years and we've got two little girls. They are 10 and almost eight. Yeah. And wow. that's our, uh, that's our crew. So we've had a, had a blast and we moved down to Texas until the sixth to be close to some family my wife had here. And, uh, that was, a. we'll come back. That was actually probably, probably our first major abiding experience as a couple before we knew what to call it was mm. you know as a couple making career decisions and geography decisions because we got family in alaska and texas and iowa where she's from you know at some point in marriage you, know, you can compromise on a lot of things it's hard to find a split the middle on geography yeah. and career choices <laughs> like especially yeah. when alaska's in the mix <laughs> mm -hmm. so um so after you uh started at walgreens together um tell us walk us through your career a little bit where did you go from there and then what how did you wind up at c12 um, for a guy who prides himself in strategic planning and having long-term plans, my life has never followed my plan. Um, <laughs> but I think God still enjoys the discipline of planning. Mm -hmm. 
I started working at Walgreens, a corporate subsidiary they had. So it wasn't the stores. It was a business to business play. And I didn't plan on staying there a long time, but I was just very curious. And so I had a bunch of roles and, and God just gave me crazy favor there. And mm. I got to kind of move around the business. And the next thing you know, I'd kind of be the only one who zigzagged around the business. And so it was on a, a cool career track. And when we were looking at moving to Texas, that's really what kind of threw a kink in everything. Cause I was on the super highway of my career yep. in Chicago, moving wow. to Texas was the exact opposite of that. So I'll tell that story in a second, but uh, moved down here with the company. They created a role for me. And then the church we got plugged into, we were serving at and volunteering for a year and a half or so. And they asked me to come on staff as actually a pastor. And so I didn't, we didn't see that coming, but we made that move wow. and became a pastor for a few years. And then when my wife stayed home to have some babies and such, I started a company. And so I'm executive pastor of my church, got a company and I joined a C12 group. I'd never heard of C12, but a friend joined and said, hey, you should do this. And I said, no, actually, because I think Christian business things are weird. <laughs> and they usually are. <laughs> and he said, this is different. He got me to come to meetings. So I joined and it was, it was just, I didn't even realize how much I needed it. And then mm. about a year and a half later, my chair uh, recruited me to join him as a chair. Uh -huh. And I said, no, 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 no. And he said, oh, I, well, you promised to fast and pray and ask God about this. And I said, sure, whatever. <laughs> and, oops. <laughs> Next thing I was like, oh, I think let's do this. So I uh, joined him and became an associate to him. He was the leader for this area. And then about a year and a half later, uh, a partner and I bought him out and took over this region of Texas and did that for about four or five years. And C12 was started back in the early 90s. Right. And the second CEO was going was retiring and they were doing a succession process. And I was the youngest, least qualified candidate they had. And that somehow helped me get the short straw and I moved into this role about five years ago. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So you were, uh, when you moved to Texas, you were already in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, come, yeah. Walgreens allowed me to, I actually managed an office in Phoenix and did most of my work in DC, but I worked remotely from San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And a, a little bit of the, uh, uh, color on, on Mike's, uh, uh, becoming CEO. Cause I, I happened to, uh, as you know, Kathy, Dave Dunkel, who's a leader with us. Right is chairman of the C12 right now, but he was, he was facilitating that uh, process of selecting a CEO. Um, mm -hmm. And he had gotten a word as they were looking at qualified candidates and they had lots of them. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, God had told them and led him to first uh, Samuel 16 and said, it's the young one. Um, it's the one, it's because he's a man. After, <laughs> it's a man after my own heart. Uh, I don't oh. look, I don't look at the exterior stuff, which is what they tended to do. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a young one who has a who has a heart after me, uh, and so Dave received that and processed it then with the rest of the board, and they they said we agree, um, and you've came on uh, five years ago, and uh, uh, and I know when you came on, um, interesting dynamic because you wanted to move uh, now the headquarters to San Antonio because uh, it was I believe in uh, North Carolina, right? It was. Yep. Um, mm. So that was a transition, and then there were some. Uh, transition issues that you had to go through. How did you How did you approach those things uh, in terms of now that you now that you have this role? You know how did how did you uh, attack that role? Gosh, um, there is a certain degree of of resolving you have if you know you're doing something because God's told you to do it. So mm -hmm. um, my wife and I had enough experiences getting to that point that we knew okay if God's told us to go there, then whether it's pleasant or not, then that's you know we're there. If I didn't have that, I probably would have gone, what in the world am I doing <laughs> here in this mm -hmm. role? Because, um, yeah, we we had a chance to you know step into leading an organization I was already a part of. Yep. And we tried to do a bunch of change. Um, classic new CEO mistakes of too much change too quickly. <laughs> um, new team, new place, overzealous. Um, and Dave, Dave is our chairman of the board. Elsa is a dear friend and has been a, a real brother yeah. through the process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to fight my own flesh battles in that process. And then we had um, my first year, uh, the first Christmas, I'm about to do my first plan. I just rolled up my first strategic plan for the next year. This is my plan, my team, my office. Okay, now we get to go for it. And uh, in my quiet time, God just kept uh, Christmas Eve, actually. It's like, go to Joshua 6. It's like, Joshua 6. And that's the story of Joshua and AI, where after Jericho, awesome, really bad experience in AI and 
I read the story. I was like, yep, good story. It was like, nope, read it again. And I read it every day for the next week and journal, journal pages and pages and pages and started feeling a little nauseated because what I started getting mm-hmm. from it was, hey, Joshua was the right guy with the right plan, the right vision, the right people. Everything made sense. The part that didn't make sense that he didn't know is there was sin in the camp. Yeah. And until that got dealt with, he couldn't, he couldn't succeed. And he had to be frustrated as a leader going, what am I missing? Yeah. Like, I'm, wow. everything says go and there's sin in the camp. And I called Buck Jacobs, the founder of C12. And he's like, well, you know, maybe you should email everyone in the company and say, who's got sin in the camp? <laughs> like, well, that's, that's not a great Christmas memo. Uh, that's my yeah. uh, end of your note. And, but sure enough, um, I remember journaling on December 30th. God, I feel like you're saying I've got a great plan for next year, but there's something that's got to be dealt with. And until then, this won't work. I don't know what it is. And on New Year's Day, it all hit the fan. And so we had a bunch of crisis to deal with the first first year of kind of some unknown things that yeah. had to be dealt with mm-hmm. as a leader. And um, I learned and grew a lot and the organization learned and grew with me through all that. Wow, that's cool. We've, we've had a lot of a lot of cool experiences since then. Um, as again, you've developed that role. Um, what is your current uh, vision and uh uh, mission for the, for the ministry is now you have moved past that and it's it's now uh, and I know it's on a big growth pattern. Uh, what's your, what's your vision for the ministry? Can I yeah. uh, insert real quick before he answers that? Please. For anyone who doesn't know what C twelve is, can you just give a little um, a little explanation mm. as to what C twelve actually is, and then go into your your vision and yeah. your mission for it? Thank you. Uh, that it's easy to get uh, beyond ourselves and. C12 is, sounds like a mysterious chemical compound or something. <laughs> um, it was originally called the Christian 12 group. So the whole idea is we create groups of 12 business owners who are industry diverse, but all share a commitment to Jesus in common. Mm-hmm. And we have professional leaders who run those groups, those forums we call chairs. And so um, it's, it's like a merger of mastermind and peer learning advisor groups, but with a biblical worldview and a commitment to this idea of business as ministry. So we've got about 132 today, uh, full-time chairs around mm-hmm. the U.S., Southeast Asia, and South America who run these forums, and just shy of 3,000 members, and everything from, you know, small mom-pop businesses to big public mm-hmm. traded companies. Um, so the, the mission of the organization is we exist to equip, that's where, we're, at the end of the day, we're an equipping organization right, right. to equip mm-hmm. Christian CEOs and business owners to build really good businesses. We think God cares about how businesses ran, that's flourishing and prosperous and robust, but to do it for a greater purpose. And then our vision is that if we do that, we're doing it to really change the world by seeing the gospel advance in the marketplace. Mm. And so that's, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to accomplish. And double click on that. That means we want to see CEOs and owners who are fulfilling the Great Commission, being Mm -hmm. disciples who make disciples and who are loving God and loving people in everything they're doing in business. And that really does change the game for folks. So that's that's what C-Troll is about. Where our vision has got a couple different components to it. So there's obviously the fact there's a massive marketplace out there. Yep. And 90 time, 90% of the time mm-hmm. when we find a CEO or business owner, he or she has no idea that God cares about their business yeah, or right. what it actually looks like <laughs> to walk by faith. Um, it's funny. We're not a church. We're not a nonprofit. We're a business. If you come to a meeting, it's it's got all sorts of business stuff in it. And yet a, one year later, 90% of leaders will say it changed my marriage. 65% say I'm now mm-hmm. engaging God's word like never before. All these other kind of outcomes that sound like church outcomes, but it's in the context of doing business, but mm-hmm. beginning to do business with God, by God, right. for God. And that kind of changed everything. So we, we got started going global. So the next few, next few years will be a really key time for us to, um, we'll probably launch Africa this fall, wow. hoping to launch Europe wow. next, next year. Um, there's a lot of places we're not in internationally and we're seeing actually a more rapid adoption of our program when it's launched internationally, even wow. um, we're in hundred us cities, 105, but there's about 250 cities we, that would support our model full time that we don't have presence in. So yep. we've got a lot of expansion pieces, mm-hmm. but as what's encouraging for me, there's this tension. We want to get bigger and see these businesses be the best cultures, best place to work, best growth, most excellent brands, but passionately transforming lives and seeing people really know Jesus and see him in a, in an unmistakable way. But when I was trying to push this growth engine too early in my transition and frankly, breaking some things, <laughs> Buck called me and said, just, so you know, we're always going to push you to grow it because the vision demands it, but I'd rather be holy than huge. <laughs> never, mm. never, never compromise 
it being faithful and right just to get mass. Yeah, that and is that's great attention. words right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, and our uh, t- a title of our bro- uh, broadcast is "Come and See: Finding Truth in a World of Chaos." Um, and I know that your, uh, you know, your three thousand members are facing the chaos and a lot of the cultural uh, challenges uh, that they mm-hmm. have of. Um, you know what they what the world is saying. You need to operate this way or, or support these things. I know that's a I know that's an issue. How how are you addressing those things uh, to help them get through this chaos and the and the challenges they have? Yeah. So there's there's a number of factors to it. So I was just meeting with a uh, a CEO this morning who runs a technology company. He's from Malaysia but operating in the U.S. and and he said the first first breakthrough was he thought he was the only Christian CEO trying to build run a business in the tech mm-hmm. space. And honor God. So when you think you're alone, and kind of like Elijah after Mount Carmel, he's like, "I'm the only one who's right, not bowed my right, knee." And right, God's right, like, right. "You're not that special. Yeah. You're not Luke Skywalker. <laughs> there's there's a few thousand other people." Um, so part of it's helping go, "Hey, you're not alone. Um, here's examples of how other people are also navigating the same storm. Mm-hmm. So we're all in the same era. We're all dealing with the same market forces. And then how do we begin to teach people? We're not prescriptive. So business is way too dynamic to say, "Here's the magic five steps, and you're good." You got to teach them how do you learn to fish? How do you learn to figure out what God would have you do in your business? So if you're running a a hospital in Vermont versus running a construction company in California, well, the technical things may be different um, Mm -hmm. in the situation. And what is right for the CEO of a thousand employees may not be the right thing that God's calling the person 15 employees to do. But how do we give them context to discern between good and great and what's actually of God and give them a place to... um, provide accountability and wise counsel that is mm-hmm. safe and trusted. Um, that has been huge during COVID. One of the things that was really an interesting test of our model is when COVID struck our industry, peer groups, leadership development, consulting, all nosedived, yep, yep. blood loss, even our, even our peers in the Christian kind of periphery of this stuff who does services to those businesses, just blood loss. Right. Mm-hmm. We had our historical best retention of customers ever and actually had our highest sales year ever but they would go back and say because in that storm my group was oxygen this group was helping me go Mm -hmm. hey what's a kingdom perspective on this everything is noise so how do you get above the noise and start operating where you can't your headlights don't show out six months but god does and so you make steps in the fog and the storm lifts you're like wow that looked really smart (laughs) Mm. and that's that actually really kind of became a amplifier of the validity of the need for these types of forums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. And uh, we're excited about uh, what you are doing because you're, you're a beacon of light uh, in a world that's really, <laughs> really chaotic and going it negative. Um, and, you know, I, I know the, because of our activity with the C12 groups is that they're, they're, they're willing to stand on truth. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and process it through. I mean, it's not an absolute and it's not a, you need to do this. Like you say, uh, which is what Kathy and I have been teaching is um, the, the Bible has these truths, but in, now it has to be applied uniquely to you and God will do that. Um, and that, I know that's what you do. So you don't say, here's the five things every company needs to do. It's really more, you got to learn to walk with God and God will give you the answers. And we're going to be there for you to help you through that. So. Pretty, pretty and cool. I think the other part that's exciting, um, it's easy in this chaotic times to look at, um, you know, noise and culture issues and political issues and economic issues and values erosion. And you can, I mean, you can get depressed pretty easily yeah. to fixate on those things. <laughs> right, right. And you, and you can also feel fairly powerless going, gosh, who, how am I going to move the mountain of culture or move the mountain mm-hmm. of Washington? Um, but what's cool in these businesses is, well, what God has entrusted to you is right here. And you've mm-hmm. got a chance to change the lives of hundreds or thousands of people. You get a chance to speak truth. And God's not calling us to go obtain victory. We got to fight, stand for truth from victory. Right. And you can change the world that is shaping the world if you own what you can do. And, and sometimes um, helping a, a business owner play offense versus defense mm-hmm. and embrace what God has called us to do versus fixating all the things that I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah. Right, right, um, right and then watch how that plays out is, yeah. is a really powerful shift. One of the things I love just about our experience with C12 even is watching how I think so many times people try to um, divide business and workplace from 
ministry and calling and and it marries the two beautifully because we spend so much of our time in that workplace of course that's where god would want us to shine light and so your ability or c12's ability to come alongside these business leaders you know there's so many people who believe the businesses are really where the next the next big shift the next big harvest is coming from because they have the ability to be the hands and feet in places that churches don't go Yep. And, and, you know, right there where you're at in the day-to-day thick of things, standing yep. up and being Jesus and leading from that place and showing, like you said, you know, when um, coming alongside business leaders, alongside other business leaders of how do we go to God for these decisions and these employees are benefiting from that. You know, I look at my husband's employees benefited from him seeking God throughout COVID. You know, that was a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. It- it's so exciting. And my own journey was wrestling with this. Now I'd call it the sacred secular divide issue of these things are holy and these things God doesn't mm-hmm. care about. And, <laughs> and, and I need to, my job is getting in the way of me living out my identity. So I used to right. think that my vocation defined my identity instead of my identity transforming my vocation. And once you get those two corrected, then you're like, oh, gosh, I love that. Yeah. If I do real estate, hospital doesn't matter. Like, questions, what has God it's me all to do ministry? Here. Yeah. I am who I am. But even like with COVID, so while it, and it was brutal, you know, if you're in the hospitality leisure industry, I mean, there's mm-hmm. businesses that just got squashed last year, but we actually saw record salvations, record people re-engaging their faith, record people mm-hmm. engaging Bible says work, record numbers of people, um, suicides averted and depression dealt with, because frankly, when the chips were down, you know, it's one thing to be a Christian CEO and say, hashtag blessed. And I feel you know, right. so great because it's all sunny. <laughs> But when it's stormy and you're, you may lose everything, mm-hmm. if you stand and actually have fruit of the spirit and you've actually got confidence and an unshakable hope, even if you don't know what tomorrow exactly will be and you don't know if, if business is going to come mm-hmm. back, that spoke so loudly to employees right. that we, we saw God really do some Romans 8, 28 stuff in the midst of a, a pretty nasty pandemic. Right, right. Uh, and as you, as you led that... Um... I know uh, you said that, you know, you've had experience with uh, what it means to abide in Christ and to walk with him, which is uh, really the way you're leading this, this organization, your family, your marriage. Uh, tell us a little bit about that uh, part of your life in terms of what is abiding. Uh, one of the things that, that uh, Kathy and I have demonstrated is try to explain what abiding is, but uh, mm-hmm. it's always beautiful when somebody uh, like yourself can kind of uh, share, well, how does it work for you? Because mm-hmm. it, it it tries to illustrate that there's no system to it, it's it's relationship, uh, and there's going to be lots of different ways of doing it. And so, you know, what how does that look for you? You know, I, uh, I maybe a, an example of where you said it's not a system, it's a relationship. Uh, but twelve years ago, I started a practice where uh, once a quarter I do a day away, just silence and fasting and solitude with God, and take my journal, my Bible. And, and kind of go on an adventure. But the first time I went to do one of those, someone had challenged me to do it. I was like, okay, I'll take a challenge. I'm not a challenge guy. Um, I literally typed up a 16 point agenda for my meeting with God. And I literally approached it like, okay, God, we're going to have a business meeting. And if I'm going to spend all day with you, you're going to answer some questions. And here's the agenda. I got the car, I'm driving to a a park. God, did you get the memo? Yeah. But you're laughing. And the funny thing is, I think I heard God laugh. I, 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 I think so. I got in the car. I'm driving. I'm like, okay, God, you ready for this meeting? As I looked at the agenda in the passenger seat, I literally thought I heard laughter. <laughs> I and I was say, like, I would oh. say you do. You heard it. That would be good. Oh, God. I didn't really ask you, did, did you want to talk about something else? And so I turned the agenda over and I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. Um, so I realized this is a relationship. This isn't a business meeting. This isn't just where I come and get a rub, shake the eight ball and say, what's the answer to this? What's the stock symbol for tomorrow? Yeah. Um, but it's a relationship. So I'd say for me, it started with me constantly warring against me, actually wanting God to tell me where we're going. So frankly, I can go, go there by myself and him going, no, 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 no. I want you to know me and I'm going to give you kind of play by play. Because if I tell you too much, you'll run away yeah. mm-hmm. and you'll miss the point and you'll take a shortcut. And, and I'm trying to father you to how I see things and, and the levels I work on things. And so the things for me has been um, one of the first times where I knew a change was coming vocationally. I described feeling like a rumbling of the ground mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I feel like a change is coming. Yeah. What is yeah. it? 
And I really feel like I'd say, I want you to know me. My sheep know my voice. Do you know my voice well enough, Mike, that if I whispered, you'd recognize me from somebody else? And I was like, uh, ish. Ish, maybe. <laughs> uh, I think I'd tell what's bad, but the good from God is really fuzzy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And he went, you need to know my voice that if I whisper, you'd recognize it. So um, really being anchored in what's the voice of God, what's, what's, what's true with God's heart. Um, mm -hmm. And then for my wife and I, knowing that God's not going to call me, you know, her to Texas and me to Alaska, um, yeah. we're one. So we got to figure that out and, and that God works through the process, not just the answer. Yes. So uh, I take an example on the, um, the move to Texas, the day that she said, I want to move to Texas was the day I got offered a huge raise and a huge promotion, mm -hmm. game changer, dream career play. Yeah. I came home, honey, we're going to dinner. I got a great thing to talk about. She's like, Hey, I want to tell you something too. I'm like, well, you go first. She's like, I really want to move to Texas. Like, oh, wrong answer. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> honey, we could buy Texas in 10 years. Like That's this it. is not the time to move to Texas. And she was like, gosh, I just really don't want to stay here just for your careers. That all we're going to do is just stay here for the job and miss out on family. And I was like, and I don't want to give up my career just for family. Um, and so we really were opposed and so we danced and couldn't convince each other and neither of us are quick to give in. Um, and so we stopped, okay, this is not good. If I move to Texas and I resent you for it, we won't, we'll have artificial mm -hmm. unity. If you stay here and you're a bitter wife, I'll be miserable. Like God has got to get right. us on the same page. And so we agreed to fast and pray and search scripture and actually stopped talking about it for a few weeks and just said, let's keep touching base and saying, hey, where are you at? Anything change? Mm -hmm. Both secretly praying the God to move the other person, of course, <laughs> to see that I'm right. And what God did is he actually got us both to where we were nervously neutral yeah. because mm -hmm. he actually helped me see that I was making an idol out of my career. I was putting my identity mm. in this promotion and the money would be and, and all sorts of flesh things. I wasn't loving my wife as Christ loved the church. I wasn't sacrificially prioritizing her. Um, and there was things that God was actually trying to cry from my hands that were not healthy, mm -hmm. that I was justifying with all sorts of spiritual language. And God moved her to say, trust Mike and trust his leadership. And staying here is not the end of all your family dreams. And so we both actually reached a spot going, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to stay. Well, now who wins? Um, mm -hmm. And the cool story about that deal is when God ultimately confirmed that we needed to move, it seemed like the stupidest thing in my career. In fact, my, my executive sponsor of the company said, I thought you were smarter than this, Mike. Yeah. You're you're giving up a dream job for a country drive in Texas at this point in your career. That's stupid. I was like, I know I, it is. <laughs> um, we move. And the week we moved here, I got moved to a different part of the company. They created a role for me. So I wouldn't leave the family, but it was a major career loss. Um, the week I left that whole business I was getting promoted into disappeared. Big shakeup in the industry, government law change and industry mm. acquisition happened my dream job evaporated overnight and the business I was put in was one of the safest parts of the whole company, not affected by it. And so I had thought God was robbing me like <laughs> Isaac on the altar. Wow. He was actually rescuing me yeah. in a way I would, couldn't even mm -hmm. perceive. And he was bringing, he taught Jackie and I so much through that, not just giving us an answer of yes, no, do mm -hmm. we move or not? Like he was freeing us both up to be able to go frankly. Right. And then right. to see that, hey, his way is higher than our ways. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and as you talk about that, um, you know, you illustrate uh, well that a lot of people, you know, when they hear, okay, let's go to unity, uh, they look at it as a negotiation. <laughs> Which uh, I'm good at. Yeah, uh, let's go negotiate Except together. Except with my wife. Uh, yeah, I think she's pretty good at it too. <laughs> she is. Uh, so uh, the difference, as you're describing, is that uh, two things that had to happen was you talked about you went to neutrality where you mm -hmm. could say, I'm willing to hear your answer without me putting my answer yep. on top on top of yours. Uh, and that takes a while, as you described it. Um, and then when you, when you then God said it, how, how did that happen? Where you said, I now I know, and she confirmed it, that we're supposed to go to Texas. Because you were neutral at that point. <clears throat> I was neutral and I began, so it was interesting, we, a um, bunch of things converge. You know, you start reading different passages of the Bible that don't actually relate to this, and you start realizing God's kind of triangulating on something. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was studying um, the Shema passage uh, in detail, and then was studying um, 
love and sacrifice. She was mm-hmm. studying trusting leadership and direction. And, and we reached a spot and went, you know, I not only do we not feel begrudging, so that's the other part is I actually got to a place of going, while I'm sad, I can't, it doesn't make sense to give up this opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually know it's the right thing. I feel uh, like somehow it's better. Like God wants us to walk away from this. Yeah. And I don't have a good alibi other than this is something a journey God's taking us on. And her actually going, gosh, I would have been like, yes, I won. Neither of us had a I won. We no, actually both no. had a this mm-hmm. is okay. This is what we're called to do. Yeah. And we're yeah. both actually have some we know we're making the right choice. It actually doesn't fully make sense. And so whereas three months before it would have been a victory lap. Mm-hmm. It was very much a, we're taking this next step because we know God's calling us here and uh, we're eyes wide open to why. Yeah. And yeah. we only know some of the story. Yeah. And talk about, uh, we're, Kathy and I have been discussing uh, the importance of faith and the difference between abiding and Bible study mm-hmm. that yeah, people can read the Bible and get information uh, and isn't that nice, but I actually never experience it. Um and abiding takes you to personally receive it as God says to you, do you believe it? Uh, what role, you, and I, I can imagine as you were faced with that, I heard God, where did, where did faith play a position in that? Mm. That you, you actually had to believe it at the heart level. <laughs> yeah, so um, and, and that is the total difference, right? Is, is the Bible God breathing and talking to you or is it a data book, a science book, a math book? Mm-hmm. and when he draws you to a, a truth and says, okay, walk this with me, it's, it's trusting the source of that truth. Um, so, you know, I, I, there was a bunch of passages. If I go back to my journal, there's like um, probably 14 key passages that over that period of time kind of increasingly started building this case for you're leaving a good thing. And I think we sometimes wrestle with good versus bad. It's like, no, it's good versus God. Yeah. It's easy to, make, it's easy to not do the oh, bad choices. Oh, I like choices. that. That's good. It's, it's hard to walk away from two good options mm-hmm. to do God's thing. So when he says, I'm calling you away to a land you've not been to, um, will you trust me as one of the pastors to end up on going, okay, God, I'm asking you to tell me why everything and you're not, you told mm-hmm. me enough why of why I need to leave. And you told me this direction. It doesn't make sense. And you know what's interesting part of faith is also believing like God, so as God wants to show you along the way why it's true. So yes, yes. for instance, when I resigned from that one track career-wise, I actually thought I had no job. And so I go back mm-hmm. to my car, I'm grieving because I'm still about to be unemployed and don't like that. And another executive in another division calls me and says, hey, is it true you just quit your job for this? Because God called you and your family to go to Texas? And I said, yes. And he said, well, cool. I have known you might do this for a couple months. And so I've actually been creating a role for you, but I felt God was telling me not to talk to you about it until you made the decision without knowing about oh it. Oh my so gosh. If you, oh, if you left, I've actually created a job for you. It'll take care of your income. It'll help you guys relocate. But I, I, I really feel like I wasn't supposed to talk to you about it until you made your decision without it. And I was like, God, it would have been a lot easier. If you yeah. <laughs> like, I think I'm jumping off the deep end of the pool here. And there's this safety net, but he wanted to know, like, I didn't want you to know that. Like, mm-hmm. you have to take a step into the water, not knowing if I'll part the river, and then watch it part the water. And there's, um, it's learning how to discern when that's truly God leading you, and it takes you something, and you just can't get past that scripture. And God, he knows I'm dense, and so usually he'll have, um, like, let's fast forward to another spot where I was leaving the church and my business to come become a chair. Uh, it made no sense. And a friend mm-hmm. called me and said, Mike, hey, I think you should look at doing the C12 thing. I said, no, no, no. Here's my reasons why. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. God woke me up at 4 a.m. this morning with you on my heart and led me to pr- call you and say, God did call you to where you're at, but I think he's prepared you for something else. And you need to pray and think about this because maybe he's trying to get your attention. And I said, okay, interesting. Well, the next day, another friend called and said, hey, God woke me up this morning at 4 a.m. with you in my heart. And this really <laughs> led me to call you and say, what if God's calling you to make a change and that you really need to kind of pay attention and pray about that? Mm. So, okay, that's, that's, I've heard that before. The next day, another friend called, same thing. And so he eventually started being like, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm not that smart, but I can get the signs here. Right. And then when they start sharing <laughs> the same passages and you start seeing things intersect, you start going, okay, what are you trying to say to me here? Right. And then, you know, you engage wise counsel and, and my wife is not a pushover. So she's going to be like, uh, how do you know God said that? Yeah. Right. yeah let's, mm-hmm. 
God's not told me that yet. So let's walk that out together. And it, it just kind of triangulates you into increasing confidence, even if you don't have the full roadmap. And it looks really cool in retrospect. Right. But right. the moment, it's just kind of next step by next step with a few little mountain peaks poking out of the fog ahead. Yep. Right. We've, uh, but each one of those steps you take it builds your faith for the next time he calls you to step out and, and jump off that cliff or whatever it is that he's does. asking that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And we've, um, we've discussed that, uh, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please him, which means you're always going to be in a, uh, a mode of having to believe it. And you described it, you know, actually God even did it purposely is, um, do you believe me? Mm-hmm. Um, not, do you let me naturally show you how I can move you nicely where you say, Oh yeah. Okay, sure. That'll be nice and easy. You had to come to that place of true faith. Mm-hmm. I heard him. I got it. I believe it. I'm, I'm there, you know, and it was, it was faith. And, and the cool thing is, is that, I mean, it just gives me goosebumps that you get that phone call. And the guy mm-hmm. said, actually, God told me, but I'm not, he said not to tell you. I mean, how cool, yeah. how cool is God? And that, that's that perfect illustration, Rich, we talked about just a few days ago, really where God works both sides of the equation. Right. So mm-hmm. he, you know, he spoke it and he's going to finish it. So he knew what it was going to take to get you to mm-hmm. stay in faith and to make this move. And he knew I need a phone call after a phone call after a phone call. And this is going to get his attention. Yeah. And it's not all sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, am a control freak, so I really wish God would give me a little bit more advanced notice <laughs> and a little bit more detail on the math. Cause like, um, uh, my first year in the job, we actually ended up in a, in a lawsuit, a legal issue. And it's, uh, kind of unusual for us. And it's, um, it feels completely unfair and it's messy. And so we agree. Mm-hmm. We, we very much believe first Corinthians six, that believers shouldn't sue believers, which right. just work things out. Yep. So we, we create a biblical peacemaking process. I go to it with complete confidence. I walk in and it's a total trap. Um, literally suddenly jeopardizes our entire business. I'm sweating bullets. Wow. Um, I literally watched like three godly people suddenly like have a spell over them. Like they were suddenly like believe in gibberish and um, the arbitration's going bad, 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 bad. And at one point they have us leave the room, come back in and it's like worse than I could have imagined. Like I, there's no way this could have happened this way. And I'm sitting out in the, I'm praying, I'm, I'm wringing my hands. I'm like, God, this is your business. This is your money. This is your stuff. Like, and he's like, then why are you worried? <laughs> okay. But, but seriously, God, like if you want to give all your money to these people, I guess that's yours. And he's like, it is. So like stand mm. for truth, stop worrying. So stop and start praying with them. Um, really could see no light. Like it was, 10 minutes before the closing and they were trying to decide whether to make me pay $300,000 or $400,000 for a fine that I thought I owed zero on. And we walked back in, sit down and the guy leading the arbitration team goes, Mike, I don't know how to explain it, but some in the last few minutes while I'm out there and God's saying, do you trust me? Mm. The last few minutes, it suddenly just feels like a fog lifted and we suddenly saw why you were so confused because you really aren't guilty of anything. And we suddenly realized this is this is a mess. You don't owe anything. And we don't know how to explain why we've been running around the bush for a couple hours, but Hey, um, let's work this out. And it, it all just kind of resolved literally in 10 minutes. Wow. But, wow. but That's you don't always know what story. God's doing on the other side of the deal. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. if, if you panic and try to go manhandle it and just wrangle it, it would have been a much different outcome mm-hmm. than trusting God right up to the edge and then watching how he's working multiple sides of the deal. Yeah. And we, um, we've talked about uh, the aspect of authenticity, uh, and you've, you've described it well again, is that you weren't, you weren't just saying, well, whatever, uh, just take care of it, uh, I guess, I guess, I guess. You were saying, hey, Father, I don't understand this. Um, mm-hmm. it, none of this makes sense, and it looks like uh, your truth is not being received, and that's not good, and I think I should. And and God says to you, and this is this is a cool piece of it, is while you're authentic and you're sharing, hey, <laughs> I don't think this is right. He says to you, uh, well, do you trust me or not? Um, he didn't answer your question. Um, he just he just <laughs> asked you a question. Do you do you trust me or not? And you had to go to that place. Of, and he even explained it. He said, isn't all this mine? Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, then I can do what I want, right? Yeah. Okay, do you trust me? 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then that happens. I mean, how, how fantastic is that? Well, and I've, I've experienced some other things that are a little unusual that kind of ground this. So I, I was, um, I had an acute case of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis from age four to 20. Mm. Um, mm. Lost ability to walk for periods of time, hospitalized, bedridden, severe in my knees, hands, hips, spine. Um, man, I had begged and bartered with God. I had made deals with God. Mm. God, if you heal me, I'll do all these great things for you. I'll make it worth your while. Um, you know, I'd watch my parents cry and pray for me. We'd gone to services. I mean, exhausted all the ways you can shake the bushes. And if you've ever wrestled with chronic pain or diseases or things, there's an issue, There's always a bit of a, um, a problem with God because you know God's powerful, sovereign, can do anything with a thought, a statement, right. a touch, yep. and mm-hmm. he's not. So at some point you get annoyed, or I did. <laughs> like right. you've got the power to, and you're not. And that's kind of annoying. Um, mm-hmm. But I had been kind of living in this, God, once you give me this, I'll finally be who you called me to be. Mm-hmm. And there was a day where in a pain and frustration, I had a brutal, honest, you'd say authentic. I was just angry at God. And I said, God, I'm sick and tired of begging you to heal me. Yeah. I know you can. I'm sure you got reasons, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, okay, the word says that the joy of the Lord can be my strength. Mm. Would you show me how to find sufficient strength in you to overcome the pain where I can be who you called me to be? And I'm just going to start doing the things you called me to do. And if it cripples me, it cripples me. If I have pain, I have pain. But I'm... I'm done waiting for you to do that. I'm going to do this. And I'm banking your word says that you will give me strength. So it better work. And I didn't have a magic moment. I didn't get sprinkles or dust or a light. Um, I just began to feel better. And over the next couple of months, just started feeling better and better. And I wasn't sure if it was a head game or if I just wasn't thinking about it. And three months later, I go get a full checkup in my, not only did my disease disappear, my bones healed, my cartilage regrew, my organ tissue recovered, wow. like I was regenerated. Whoa. And my atheist doctor is like, well, oh, this, you know, when did God do it? Like, I don't know. But, but for me, it was the story when Jesus healed the lepers and it said, you know, go bathe yourself seven times. It says, mm-hmm. as they went, they were healed. Right. It wasn't the seven times or the water or the, it was the submission and faith. And as it did that, we don't know if it's five minutes in or two hours later. Mm-hmm. they got healed and right. for me somewhere when i stopped kind of negotiating with god mm. is when he chose to heal me so when you when you have god show himself faithful in so many unique ways yeah um, i still get frustrated he doesn't tell me what and when and why but you get used <laughs> to the dance right so. yeah that's right well um we've uh, had a great uh, time with you and we could uh, we'll get you back as oh, uh, that went quickly <laughs> we'd love we'd love to hear more and uh dave said i should get uh, your wife on the on the on the call so uh she's pretty great i'd love yeah. to get your little daughter on there yeah too. and get your daughter on that'd be fun uh but why don't you share um you know people who are listening to the broadcast uh, you might either be an executive and or no no companies or friends that that um are executives that might find uh, C12 really uh, valuable uh, mm-hmm. to them. So how would they how would they reach you? Sure. So probably the easiest way to find out if there's something near you would be to go to c12group.com. Uh, we're in about 38 states and, and launching a couple of new states every few months, it seems. And so if you're you know, someone who owns a business or their CEO and it's a, a growth stage company, um, then find out there's a group near you. And our process is mutual certain you'll get a chance to meet the chair, go visit a group, make sure it really fits your needs, but I'm a big believer that we're not called to do this alone. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these times God has used people around me. Dave Dunkel, Rich, you've been in a number of these crucible moments with me as well, but you need to have people who are dealing with the same issues, thinking about things the same way, right. who know how to seek truth with you the mm-hmm. same way right. to help you make those decisions through the, the chaos of life. Yeah. So c12group.com is the best way to find options. Yeah. Hopefully. Yep. And that's what, uh, I've come to appreciate so much is that, um, and again, from my perspective, anybody that's leading an organization, um, uh, my, my thought is why would you not do this? Uh, because, uh, you, it's necessary. And the cool thing is, uh, see, it's not about, uh, as Mike shared, it's not about, well, I'm making, God's making you more wise. It's, I'm going to do stuff <laughs> that only I can do. And, if you have a heart to follow me, I'm, I'm going to do it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's going to be miraculous and, and, uh, it's going to be spectacular and the adventure is going to be something. And, 
with the business uh, going in life today where there is a world of chaos, uh, we would encourage everybody uh, that has a business to reconsider uh, oh, joining yeah. joining C12 and uh, and being part of it. And we I've thrown up the uh, questions for us. Uh, if you have a question for Mike uh, or for us about C12 or anything else, just uh, put a comment on the YouTube uh, uh, section or email us at uh, questions at afjministry.com, questions at afjministry.com, and we'll pass it along uh, to Mike, and uh, he'll be able to uh, answer, uh, and we'll be able to uh, want to make this personal, so uh, things that are personal to you, and you've heard Mike's story, uh, might might have some questions, and we'll, and we'll pass it along, and uh, so we're, we're really excited about that. And again, uh, your website uh, is c12.com. C12group.com. C12group.com. Uh, and um, if you get if you can find either a group and or you can email the headquarters, uh, yep. they'll they'll do something for you to get you connected. So, uh, Mike, we're just uh, excited for uh, what you shared today, and uh, your description of abiding is so beautiful mm-hmm. uh, because as you shared with it, it was all about the relationship <laughs> and mm-hmm. authentic seeking God, not understanding, but you heard God. And then he said, oh, mm-hmm. you know, are you willing to go further? Uh, and you were. Uh, and so here you are uh, with this great assignment and, uh, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. Uh, now that you've been faithful in small things, I'm going to give you greater things. So uh, there's greater things coming. So we're excited about that. So thank you, Mike, uh, for being with us. Yeah, it's, it was so wonderful just to hear the God stories, honestly. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard about you before just from Dan and from being down at a C12 conference before, but um, getting to hear some of these God stories, I think my favorite thing about guest day is all over the world hearing people exalting God. Yes. And, what he's mm-hmm. doing. Amen. and there's just nothing more fun. So thanks for sharing that so authentically. I loved getting a glimpse into what God has done in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Mike. Uh, and, and we uh, love you and look forward to more time together. And uh, again, everybody look forward to you tomorrow. We'll pick up uh, abiding in this issue of faith that Mike so uh, nicely uh, described. And uh, again, this is taking, are you, are you willing to follow God and listen to what he has to say and uh, not require him to do it your way, but <laughs> uh, not with 16 questions, but rather, yeah, just what do you got to say, God? So that, that's kind of fun. So anyway, Mike, have a great uh, weekend and we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.